I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name is Shelley Johnson. I'm a HR consultant. And this is the part where I'd usually go, hey, Em. Except Em's got COVID, so she's not here. <laughs> but not that it's a laughing matter. I Sorry. had COVID and then she had COVID and then we couldn't get together. But here we are. Well, here I am without her. <laughs> anyway, this is a great start. We, this, is, this shows why we really need Em here on every episode. But alas, we'll do without her. I will see her for the next one. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about why you need to think about your career like a marketer. And before we get into the episode, I just want to shout out to our show partner, Rarekind. Are you ready for the unexpected, the uncommon and the extraordinary? Rarekind are about people, culture and opportunities, but not the ordinary kind or the expected kind, the rare kind. Find your next opportunity, visit rarekind.com.au and make your next move your best move. All right, so today on the show, we are joined by Laura Higgins from La La Social Club. And I need to intro you, Laura, before you speak. Laura is my sister. And so when you hear her talk, uh, you'll know that we sound similar. Uh, I hope that I just sound a little less nasally than you, Shell. <laughs> That's just what I hope. <laughs> and probably more intelligent. No, I don't know about that. It's just the, you know, I, I'm... Sorry, I'm just going straight in with mocking you. Well, that's as fine. a sister does. Yeah, that's right. I'm I'm kind of the um I'm almost replacing M for this week. So you are. You're my M, you know. I'm gonna ground you, Shell. I'm gonna make sure that we stay <laughs> That is what M does. M does ground. I know me. she does. She's amazing. <laughs> she is amazing. She does something no one else could do. Um so I need to give a bit of background to who, who you are because obviously you're my sister and so I love you and think you're amazing, but you actually have this incredible career in marketing and you've been on My Millennial Money many times chatting with Glenn James and we thought we need you on our podcast to talk about a couple of things. We want to talk about marketing in your career, how you actually market yourself in an authentic way and what that actually does for your career in terms of personal brand, in terms of building and becoming known for something in the workplace. And I'd just love before we get into it though, if you can tell us a little bit about what you do for a job. (laughs) What do you do in your own career? (laughs) What do I do? That is a great question. So I run a company called Lala Social Club and I'm a marketing coach. I help creative entrepreneurs to cut through the noise in their marketing so that they can attract the right clients and grow their business with confidence. And so a big part of what we do when we're thinking about marketing is looking at branding and how do we become known for our expertise? How do we become known for that one thing? Because that's really important in 2022. So that's a big part of our approach. We work with so many different types of businesses, but we seem to attract a lot of creatives, a lot of um, startup solopreneurs, solopreneurs, I guess, is the, the word I would use. 
And our goal is to help them create a marketing plan so that they can cut through. So what we want to chat through today is about really creating your own marketing plan in your career. And if we think about our listeners, a lot of us are knowledge workers. And so we're really providing a service to our workplace and employer. But beyond that, what we want to be doing in our career is creating opportunities, not just in our current employment, but further along the line. And part of that is building a brand. It's building your own way of becoming known, like you mentioned, those businesses that you work with, how do you become known for something? How do you become known in the employment and the job market for being an expert in one thing or maybe a couple of things? And I guess I just want to open this conversation and ask you, why do you think we should look at our careers like a marketer? I love this question because I think it is really important and For all of your listeners, I know that this is about your career and not necessarily about a business, but the same principles apply. So, in your career, you have to think of yourself as the product. You are the thing that you are promoting. So, when we're wanting to become known as an expert in a particular area, we need to be able to Firstly, we need to be able to communicate the value that we bring and the problem that we solve. But we also need to be able to engage in conversation around that so that people start to see us. If we're visible, people can start to go, okay, cool. Like this person's really passionate about X, Y, and Z. And they're they're kind of showing up, whether it's online or even in the workplace, they're really standing for these particular things. People start to recognize what you care about by the things that you say, the things that you do. And so I think if if you can think about yourself like a product, it's actually having intention around how you show up and the way in which you communicate. I think that gives you a lot of uh, clarity on your career, if that makes sense. That's so good. And there's a couple of things I want to pull out that you mentioned, those questions that you said, think about what problems do you solve? So, what are the problems that you are exceptionally good at solving at work? The things that people go, oh, I go to Laura because I know that she consistently fixes this problem every time. Yeah. And then more than that, it's the problems, but you also said, what value, what value do you bring? What value do you add? So answering those questions for yourself in the workplace and going, in my career, what have I consistently done? What problems have I consistently uh, solved? And then what value have I added that I can become known for? And really deepening that skill set, not just kind of, I love how you're saying you need to be able to articulate it. Yeah, because I think the best to build a personal brand and to really be able to market yourself. For me, I really believe that marketing is just communication. I think the best communicator wins. And so I am always thinking when we're working with clients, when we're working with personal brands, with experts, whoever, we're always thinking, how could you communicate this more clearly? Because in marketing, and I feel like this is just our generation too, that our attention spans are so short. So if we can't remember what someone is for, what someone is about in a sentence, if we can't actually go recall that, it's going to be really difficult to become known for that thing. So it's about repetition. It's about articulating it with clarity and using 
really specific words to say what it is that you do, what the value is that you bring so that people can repeat it back to you. Law, I love that so much because one of the things I was talking with um, someone on a career clarity call this week actually about how do they draw out the, I guess what I would call, which is probably a lamer way of saying what you've just said, but like the golden thread throughout their career. So I love that. the golden thread for this person was that they had consistently influenced people and yeah. over their career in really distinct different fields. So they'd worked in fitness and they'd worked in a range of different areas. And we were able to use that time to go, how do we articulate that so that when you're going for your next promotion in that big role that you're really, really keen for, you can show how throughout your career, you've consistently done that thing really well. And it's been in so many different fields. So you've not just got the depth of experience, but you've got diversity and how you've done it. And I love the way that you have just said so beautifully, it's about communicating and the best communicator wins. And one of the challenges for a lot of our listeners, and I we get this so much in the Facebook community, is that how do we actually promote ourselves? Like how do we communicate what we're good at? Because we get so awkward and I know like this is for myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, how do I say what I'm good at? I'm, I'm so freaking awkward. Yeah. How do we do that? It's such a good question. And we use a framework when we're thinking about someone's marketing strategy, And when we're thinking about like, what is your plan? How are we going to promote you and help you to reach more people, land more clients? And part of this, I think we can apply. Probably the sales part, maybe we'll leave that bit out. But there are three main phases that we think about. The first is communication. You have to start with the communication piece because if you can't articulate, it takes a bit of self-awareness. It's a bit of a kind of reflective exercise, but you have to be able to articulate, okay, what is the value I bring? What is the problem I solve? Who do I really want to serve? And it's about really kind of zooming out and thinking about the vision that you have for your life and how you want to show up. And I think the other thing I will say around personal brand is it's really important that it's congruent throughout the rest of your life. I think you really want to build something that you feel like this represents me, not just in my work, but in my life. So the first is communication. The second is engagement. So it's actually about, and we think a lot about social media. We think about how do you nurture people? How do you start conversations? How do you continue conversations with real people? So that's where it's really about eliciting engagement. So actually thinking about, okay, how could I have more conversations about this topic that I'm passionate about? How could I educate? How could I serve? How can I add value through online channels? So whether it's your LinkedIn profile, whether it's Instagram, whatever your channel is, it's about adding value in that space. And then the third phase that we look at with clients and businesses is conversion. And conversion for you might be different to a business. So it might be more like conversion for a business would be a sale or opting into your lead magnet for your email list. It's the next step. And I think if we think about it in our careers, it's it's getting tapped on the shoulder for that next promotion. It's getting the yes. secondment into a different department or it's getting some, uh, we were at an event last night and we the, the person running the event told us that someone from a really m- amazing organization mm. just messaged her on LinkedIn and said, I've got this opportunity and can you yes. can you do it? And like it was a big, huge gig and it just came completely left yeah. field. And so she'd obviously 
done a lot to build her own personal brand that then she's being, you know, headhunted for yeah. really big roles. And I think that's kind of what, if we think about it on it, that conversion, that's what it looks yeah. like in your career. Yeah. And I think it's, it's also knowing for us, when we're thinking about a business, we're thinking, okay, where are you leading your customer? Because the communication piece, the engagement piece, we have to know before we can even convert someone, we have to know where we're leading them. What is the next step? So for you in your career, I think it's about thinking about, okay, where do I plan to end up? Where do I want to be? So that when those conversations do happen, the tap on the shoulder, the LinkedIn message, it's like, oh, cool. This is, I'm in my zone and this is where I need to go because this is, this is part of my plan. And I love the, I was thinking about the girl that we spoke with last night who had that experience. And I feel like for her, one thing I think that she has done really well is that she is just herself. And she just, the way she shows up in her work is the same as what she's like at a party. So she has this consistency and she's not putting, projecting anything. She's not putting anything on. She's really authentic and really herself. And I think that attracts like-minded people. And so I would encourage you if you if you feel like, oh, do I need to be this? And if it feels artificial, it's really about taking a step back and going, okay, well, how do I want to show up? And like what what are like what are my strengths? What am I good at? How do I want to show up in my life? Because I feel like she got that opportunity because she's A, like good at her job. But I think also she's just out there doing her thing and being herself. I think Personal brand has got such a bad rap over the years because of that sense of the fakeness of, oh, I'm putting on airs or I'm self-promoting and it's really awkward and, and I'm trying to be a certain way. But I love what you're saying that it's really about it's who you are. You're showing up as your authentic self. I think the important thing with that is it builds trust. So it, it's the trust building that attracts people because I know that you're consistently like this and I can trust you to deliver this and I can trust you to run this really important client presentation because I've seen you do that consistently internally over the years. And I think that's what we're trying to build with our personal brand. But one of the things I want to talk about because there's a bit of nuance in it is it's about being yourself and it needs to be authentic and who you are but what happens if parts of who you are you're not wanting to be known for oh that's such a good question I think it is really important to start with who you are start with your strengths start with what makes you unique I think the uniqueness is something we want to amplify and not in a weird uh, or fake way, but in a, hey, like this is part of who I am. This is my personality. This is like what I'm all about. That's not to say there isn't intention and strategy behind it. We're not going to say like, you know, we're not going to come in and be like, well, also like I love to like have 10 beers on the weekend and like this is my personality as well. Like we're not going to bring that into our personal professional brand because that you know, if that is part of who you are, that's all good. But like, keep it, there are some things we want to keep separate. And nothing irks me more than when people bring in things that it's like, yeah, be you, but like, also be strategic. Yeah. And be, and have that consideration and thought behind it. And I kind of um, think that 
if we're looking at it from the what is unique and what's your point of difference. So there's so many people out there who do accounting, but what is it that you do as an accountant that makes you unique? What is the value add that you do? And I often think about with people's careers, it's finding your unique source of competitive advantage. So how do you find skills that are, um, Cal Newport would say, rare and valuable? So thinking about the rare, mixing rare and valuable skills. So you might be freakishly good with numbers and you're an excellent technical accountant. Well, then how do you find a skill that we don't normally see in that field? What is it that maybe, and I guess that's where the rise of fintech has happened, right? Because it's the combination of things that maybe historically years and years back didn't go together. And so for us in our career, how do we find our unique point of difference and combine skills that aren't normally seen mixed together? Yeah, I love that. And I think also in a personal brand, even on a more maybe superficial level, it could be that you're an accountant, you're like epic with numbers, but you've got like awesome style and the photos and the clothes that you wear are a particular style that maybe someone would go, oh gosh, I wouldn't typically associate that with that type of profession. Like how cool. So it's like, I think you can also be strategic in, and when, when I'm saying be unique and amplifying your uniqueness, the things that you care about, the hobbies or the passions or the side things that, you know, like I know my accountant, he has like loves, loves, loves whiskey. And it's kind of like these random things about this person that you're like, oh, it, I, as a client of his, I'm kind of like, oh, if I see a bottle of whiskey, I'll know that he, like, I'll know which one he'll like kind of thing. So I think you, it doesn't necessarily, when it comes to branding, it doesn't necessarily always have to be related to like a, a tangible skill or outcome in the workplace or in your business. I think you can also bring in some things about you that are unique and fun or hobbies or things that people wouldn't know about you as well. So good, Law. Let's talk a bit more about this whole, while we're down the rabbit hole of personal brand. Can you just talk to us because we've kind of dived straight into what it actually involves, but why does it even matter? Yeah, this is a great question because well, you would, you would know more about this shell, but I feel like gone are the days, A, of faceless brands. We want to connect with people. In, in this digital age that we live in, we want to connect with real people. And I think it's really important that we put a face to the work that we do. I think that's really important. But also, I, like, I'm curious what you think, Shell. Like, we also don't stay in our careers as long. So it's actually about... If we treat ourselves as, well, I'm, a, I'm the product, I think it's really in our best interest to be building this so that we aren't kind of completely tied to the particular role that we have at a particular time. What do you think? I think given how many career changes people are having and if you're Gen Z or millennial, you'll be likely to have between three to eight career changes. I think that was McCrindle's most recent data. And so if you think about and plan for multiple career changes, then I do come back to this sense of, well, you can change fields and you can go from physiotherapy to finance to starting your own gym 
and have multiple big changes, but there'll be some underlying things that will continue and thread like that golden thread idea through your career. And so what? how do you then draw those out and then use that to go, well, there's still some common themes that I'm going to want to have in my work experience in my career. There's going to be some common needs or things that energize me and there'll be that will influence the way that I guess I engage with people at work. It'll influence the types of roles that I want to be doing or pursuing. And so I guess it's just thinking about your career and you talked about your marketing plan before. What's your career marketing plan? Like if you have that long game and you know, well, I'm going to change careers probably in the next 10 years, maybe less. So therefore, what is the preparation I need to do on my own brand to actually set me up to make those big moves? Yeah, I love that. There's this guy called Donald Miller and he is he wrote this book called Building a Story Brand, which I know you you love, Shell. Uh, he does this thing and it's kind of wild and when you think about it, it gets a little like kind of big. But he has written his obituary and he reads his obituary every single day. And in it, it has all of these huge things that he wants to achieve, but also like how he is as like as a dad, how he is as a husband, how he was in his community. And there's something really cool to be able to have that in your daily practice to actually go, well, what when I look back at my life, when I look back at my career, when I look back at my business, what do I want the impact to be? Like what do I actually want my legacy to be? And I think without making it too, you know, big and broad and kind of meta, I think it is important to think about, okay, what's my intention here? And even if I change, even if we we have iterations of business or iteration of this brand and how I show up or my career, like how does the underlying, like you, what you're saying, the golden thread of, well, actually I consistently showed up like this and I consistently made people feel like this and I was able to have this impact and I valued these particular things. And it's really interesting what you're saying of consistently showing up like this. And I wonder sometimes, and I was in preparation for this episode, one of the team, Rach, who is our amazing producer, sent me a couple of questions um, that she would love to know the answers to. And one of the things that she asked was, how do you figure out what you're actually known for now? And I want to put two parts to this question. So I, I hope it doesn't get too convoluted. The first is, okay, well, how do you figure out what you're known for now? And then I'm wondering, what do you, how do you then become what you want to be known for? Because I might be known for now at being really crappy at responding to emails, which I'll put my hand up for that. <laughs> like I'm known for being like slow and re- responding. Yeah. I don't want to be known for that. So then how do I go about changing it but keeping the authenticity of who I am still in the mix of like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean. And I think so a good measure of what you are known for is if you're at a cocktail party, remember when we could go to parties and stuff and it was glorious <laughs> um, and we weren't socially awkward. Actually, I don't know if we were ever not socially awkward. But <laughs> I speak for yourself. Yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry. When I wasn't socially awkward at parties. When you go to a cocktail party, and someone says, this is Shelly, she does this. And if someone can say what people say in that sentence when they introduce you in a line, that is what you're known for. So 
if if I introduce you and I say, this is Shell, she is the host of My Millennial Career, she's a badass HR consultant and she helps people with bold people strategies. That's that's how I introduce you, right? I actually probably just introduce you as my sister, but but like if that <laughs> if that were a work setting, right? So a good kind of litmus test is how does someone introduce you at a party? How does someone introduce you at a networking event? How does someone say, this is this person, they do this? And if it if it's just your role, like your literal job title, then I would encourage you to think about, okay, no one else is going to articulate it unless I do first. I need to articulate first, what do I want to be known for? And I, I need to put it into a sentence. This is what Donald Miller is all about. He's like, say it in a sentence, make it repeatable. So like just practically, if you want to be known as whatever it is you want to be known for, you need to write it down in a sentence and you need to put it in your LinkedIn bio or whatever. You need to make it visible and then you need to introduce yourself as that. Because you need to train people on what it is you do. So I remember when I first started Lala Social Club, our tagline was, we help people look good on the internet. And I remember realizing it worked because people started introducing me. They'd go, oh, this is Laura. She helps people look good on the internet. And immediately people were like, cool, I get that. Like, I I see that. And it was like, okay, cool, that works. So it's really about... How can you say the result or the impact that you have? How can you say what you're for in a sentence and make it so that other people say it for you? Mm, Wow. Mm. That is so helpful and wild. (laughs) There's just a huge difference between saying your role title, like you're a chef at this restaurant versus actually what it is that you do that creates value or has impact. There's a very, very big difference. 100%. And I, I love that. Like, what is it that you do to create value and have an impact? I love that. And if you can figure out a way to say that in a sentence, it has to be concise because what can happen, especially in corporate land, it can get jargony and weird and the language becomes so foreign. It needs to be in a language that you could say to a tradie, this is what I do. And they could go like, this is what I'm about. This is the value that I bring. And they could go, cool. And they could then say, this is what this person does and introduce you to the very next person and say, this is what they do. It needs to be simple language. It needs to be repeatable. It needs to be like concise. Yeah. And so we're thinking about the purpose and the impact of it, not about the task. So it's not what you do in terms of task. It's what you do in terms of purpose, impact, value. So thinking that through as you take some notes down Go and look up some of the, like, go on Lala Social Club, look up the website. You'll see those taglines and you can actually use that as an example for yeah. designing your own. Because what's yours now? What would your tagline be now? That Marketing that cuts through the noise. Okay. So that's the big thing. And it's the result. We don't necessarily talk about, we do strategy. Like, it's just, we help you cut through the noise. That's the result that everyone wants. So for you, I think it's, for anyone listening, it's about, okay, what is the result the end result. So if you're an accountant, I'm far more interested in, okay, I'm an accountant. I actually help businesses. I help people to manage their money better or whatever. I'm more interested in the result than 
I the tasks do. or the actions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the trick is once you've been in a field for a long time, you become really knowledgeable about that and it becomes very difficult to separate out what's important to you versus what's important to the person you're presenting to. So me, obsessed with HR, have worked in it for over a decade. So I think everything about HR is friggin' amazing. Like sometimes, <laughs> but I really do. I'm obsessed. And so I will think that these certain things to do with legislation around the award is really interesting and bizarre. And I'll be talking to a client about it and they'll be like, that is so bloody boring. And you have, <laughs> you have really drained my mental capacity. <laughs> it's, um, and again, Donald Miller uses this example of every time you add uh, something technical or jargony, it's like handing the person you're talking to a bowling ball. And he's like, you can carry one bowling ball, fine. But once you start heaping on those bowling balls, they cannot carry those. And it's, and it's like their brain is working overtime to understand what the heck you're talking about. So I think we're aiming for clarity. We're aiming for something concise. We're aiming for something repeatable. Yeah, and the simplicity in that, the simplicity of your message. And so when you're in an interview, when you're presenting to a group of clients or suppliers or staff, you're actually showing up in that way where you've taken something that you know is quite complex and you've made it simple and then they start to identify it for you and they go, yep, that's what they're known for. I love it. We've got a couple more questions for you, Laura. It sounds so formal when I say Laura. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But before we do, we're going to go to a quick break. Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Money, My Millennial Money Express, My Millennial Money Medical, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Health, and My Millennial Business. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right. I've got two more questions. This is for us who are awkward about self-promotion. So it's such a funny thing. I was chatting with someone the other day and they were saying to me that they were just like, I can't promote myself on LinkedIn. I can't post, like I can't do, it's just, it's, like, it's just not me. I can't do it. I don't want to be that awkward person that's promoting something. How do you o- overcome that? And, and let's just go there on what is that awkwardness about? Yeah, I think it's a combination of a few things. I feel like we've seen it done really poorly 
So we've all seen the posts where someone kind of quotes themselves and they'll do a little graphic and it's got their quote and then they put their little name at the bottom and you're like, you just quoted yourself. Like that's just crazy. You can't, you <laughs> Isn't can't. that Twitter though? And that's everyone's quoting themselves. I mean, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's just Twitter. But I, for me, I'm like, that's really – just say it. You don't need to put the quotation and like put your name after it. Like that's so weird. <laughs> don't do that. So I think we've seen it done poorly. I think that's the first part. I think the second part is – and this is a, I don't know if this is a cultural thing here in Australia, but there's a bit of that, like, we don't want to seem too big for our boots. We really want to seem, and and no one wants to, we have a bit of that tall poppy syndrome. And, and I work with a lot of people in the US and people in the US are just, don't you, they're just different. Like they just have this thing of Hey, you're doing that cool thing. I'm I'll connect you to whoever. I will promote you myself. I think that's awesome. They're just like into stuff. And so I think there's a a, a cultural thing that we experience here where we're a little sheepish because we've seen it done done poorly. And part of our I don't know what it is, but part of us maybe as in our culture is that we don't love self-promotion. There's something about it. We don't love it. So for me, I've had to, I kind of didn't realize I had a personal brand or that I'd built a personal brand. And it's kind of been this thing of, oh, okay, I really need to, I needed to shift my mindset from I'm promoting and I'm selling to actually I'm serving and I'm adding value. So I think if you're feeling awkward and if you feel like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I feel like a weird, like, I don't know, awkward baby turtle or something like that. It's a really good like opportunity to check back in. Okay, selling is actually serving. And and this is more for business, but selling is serving. And if you can shift from promotion brain to, okay, I'm going to add value, that's going to mean that you're going to be able to show up with more confidence and know that you're not taking from the people that you're connecting with online, but you're actually giving. I love that distinction between I'm promoting, which we we irk from that language and the language of I'm serving because it's so different and it, it, it evokes a different like feeling when you think about it of going, actually, no, I'm helping people. And I know for me personally, um, early into my journey of even just posting stuff on LinkedIn where I used to feel really self-conscious and like, do I even have a voice? Can I have a voice here? Mm. Um, do people even want to know what I want to, what I have to say? You know, you have all those kind of internal doubts going through your mind. But I think one of the things that's important to know is that when you've worked in a particular industry and you've gained a particular skill set and having that view of, you know what, I can actually help people. Yeah. And and not it's not a arrogant thing. It's like I like helping people. Helping people is a good thing to do. Completely. And and we all want help. Like we all want to be helped sometimes. And I think it's taking that step forward. I love the language change law of just going, I can serve people by giving advice and, and input and actually add value and help someone in a difficult spot right at this moment. Yeah. And because what you're naturally good at, I am terrible at. And so there is a, 
we, we sometimes think everyone knows what we know. It's like the curse of knowledge kind of thing of like, well, no, like everyone, it's just basic. Everyone would understand it. Everyone knows it anyway. Why would I even say anything? But the thing is your expertise is so different to my expertise and anyone listening, what you're good at and your experience is different to my experience. And I think we also, you know, whenever you speak on International Women's Day, it's like, your voice in that space is important. And I think it's really important for us to share our experiences and our story as well as helpful value-adding advice. So I think it's also this when we can understand that, okay, my I actually have something unique and it means that you can kind of have your own little slipstream where you're not worried about competition, you're not worried about, well, what's that person going to think? Because it's it's actually just your your zone and your little pocket. So I think if you do feel self-conscious, coming back to, okay, what am I for? Who, who am I serving? What am I, like that obituary example, what is the impact I want to be having? And why would I wait to, to start showing up in that way? Why would I wait until I know more or, or until I'm more qualified or whatever? Nobody cares. The internet is the wild, wild west. Like you, you just got to, is it wild west or wild, wild west? I don't know. I think the wild, wild west is that. Um, ride? I think it's the, um, no, I think it's the Will Smith song. Oh, I thought it was <laughs> a, the ride at one of the theme parks. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's Wild, it. wild west. I don't know, but I do think. We're, Sorry, we're going to go with the wild west, not wild, wild west. It's just extra wild. But the internet is crazy and you don't, like nobody cares if you're qualified or not. And I think nobody else is as critical about you as you are. So if you get caught in that moment, you've just got to kind of go, okay, what am I saying? Am I, am I being promoty? Am I being a bit spammy or whatever? Because if you are, then just change, redirect. And it's, I mean, it's really interesting not to get stuck down the rabbit hole with this, but I think it's about doing your litmus test of, okay, there's the first step where you have to get uncomfortable. So you have to put yourself out there. Let's use the LinkedIn example, but it can be anything. It's putting your hand up for a promotion at work. It's asking your manager if when they're on on long service leave, if you can do part of their role. So there's all these different ways you can put your little hand up and be brave. But going back to LinkedIn. So for me, one of the things I used to struggle with heaps was the posting thing of, oh yeah, can I, can I do it? But getting uncomfortable, putting yourself out there, doing a test and going, oh, nothing bad happened. <laughs> like not one th- bad thing happened at all. In fact, I got a decent response. Okay, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again and again and again. And all of a sudden you're, you're really confident with it. You're not uncomfortable anymore. And you realize, oh my gosh, I've just totally overcome a fear and I've built confidence in one area and that confidence that I've built in that area now can translate to multiple areas of my life and career. But yeah. it's how do you build it in one zone and then use that muscle in different areas? Because what I love to see is people moving past their fear of I can't put my head up for that. I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes to, do you know what? I can actually just, what's the worst that can happen? Like, honestly, what's the worst that can happen? You might get two likes. Well, that's not bad. (laughs) That's fine. Next time you'll get four. You know, like just think about how you build up your confidence in this space. Yeah, I think, and I do think 
the two single most important things that I think are important for us and, and for me as just someone in business, but also I just think as people, I think that we need to invest in becoming confident in who we are, what we do, what we bring. And we need to invest in understanding how to communicate. Because if you can communicate, it's not just about marketing or building a brand. Communication is the single most important skill you can have. If you want to go well in your career, you've got to learn to communicate. And that doesn't happen overnight. You can't learn that just in your own little bubble. You have to it's about conversation. It's about It's about feedback. risk as well. Yes. So each moment you take that risk to have a conversation and work is so full of moments of high stakes conversations where yeah. I'm coming to you, my boss and saying, I really would like a pay rise. They're high stakes conversations, but you don't get better at it unless you do them. 100%. So go and do the conversations. If you've been thinking during this discussion that Laura and I have been having, oh, I really need to do that thing. Oh, this is your reminder. Go and do it. Go and do it. Take action. Let us know how you go because we would love to see you think about your career like a marketer, build your brand, and then see that amazing growth and results that come out of it. Amazing. I think we're going to see some cool things happening. Totally. And hey, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us on the show and for, you know, grounding me like Em normally would. (laughs) We miss you, Em. I just, for anyone who wants to find you and also Laura has an amazing podcast that is so epic that you will love called My Business Playbook. And the stuff on there is really relevant for your career as well. And especially if you're looking to eventually start your own business, check it out. But how else can people find you? Yes, I hang out on Instagram. You can find me at lalasocialclub.co and I'd love to meet you. So send me a DM, say hello. Awesome. Thanks heaps, Laura, for hanging out. And hey, one last thing I'd love you to do. So think about what you want to do in your career, but also can you please, if you enjoy the show, we love your feedback. So give it a five-star rating and review wherever you listen. And... If you do have any questions, hit us up. Find M and I on LinkedIn. We'd love to connect with you. All right. See ya. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Money, My Millennial Money Express, My Millennial Money Medical, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Health, and My Millennial Business. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.